California, a new land has come into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is Coast Boys Pod. Known as the playground of the stars. Hello and welcome back to yet another victorious Best Coast Boys podcast. I am your host, Landon McCool. You can find me here. Uh, You can also find me on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also find me on the Locked On Cowboys podcast with a very confused Marcus Mosier. Uh, (laughs) Doesn't know what to do with himself right now. Uh, And I am joined, as always, with my fantastic co-host, John Oning. Joning! Tell the people what's up and, and what's going on with you. How's it going, everybody? It's a gorgeous, cloudy day in Northern California. Um, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, at John Oning, um, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Make sure you guys read all my stuff at The Score and at Dallas Morning News at The Score. Just had my um, Defensive Lineman of the Week drop. I'm, gonna, I, I'm actually working on my mismatches column as we speak. And at the Dallas Morning News, just had my Randy Gregory film piece drop at the Dallas Morning News on Wednesday as we're recording this. So make sure you guys go check that one out. It's good. We're talking fun things like stride length and hand placement and how Randy Gregory has improved so much in those two areas. So make sure you guys check it out and get nerdy. And John is uh, incredibly uh, too modest to uh, say at least. So I will say that John got his column picked up for through the draft, right? Isn't that correct? Yes, so yes, congratulations congratulations to John and, and thank you, all you guys listeners, because I know a lot of you guys are yes, the ones who yes, are clicking yes. on this stuff. So please continue to click on John's stuff. We need John at the Dallas Morning News. Yes, I really appreciate it, guys. It's been an awesome run. So let's keep it. Dallas going. Morning News is starting to realize that they need John Owning, but really, we as fans uh, of the Cowboys know that we oh. need John Owning on that. We need oh, John stop. Owning on that stop wall. Stop uh, <laughs> so we got a great show today, guys. Uh, obviously, uh, we're feeling good after a five-game winning streak. Uh, we, we with sandwiched between two Eagles wins of all things. Uh, it's it's an Eagles victory. It's a delicious a sandwich, guys. Eat. It is probably the best sandwich I've ever had. Uh, so uh, we are going to talk about. We did the offensive uh, the coaches tape review. So we're going to talk about the offense today. We'll talk about the defense tomorrow. We actually have a nerd alert, guys, because we've got a lot of MCU stuff for all you MCU fans. Uh, it was a huge week for trailers, for synopsis, that sort of thing. So uh, if you do not want to talk hear about this stuff, if you do not want to be potentially spoiled by you know synopsis and stuff, if you want to enter in, in that stuff clean, then please, after we are done talking Cowboys, please, uh, you can go ahead and uh, skip to the end or, or just you know see us next tomorrow. Uh, otherwise, uh, that's what we got ahead of us. We don't really have any time to waste, so let's get into it. Okay, uh, you know we. First of all, let me just preface all of this tape review by saying, uh, we 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 had every intention of of trying to do a post game uh, show, but both uh, John and my fa- the rest of my family were all sick. Uh, we were yeah, sickly. sickly. So uh, it, it was qu- quite. I'm sh- I haven't spoken to you about this, but it was quite a thing of trying to take care of the family 
while also screaming my head off uh, <laughs> uh, at what was happening because uh, this game from start to finish uh, was just the most emotional roller coaster I- I've watched. I mean, oh, we, we are totally used to it as Cowboy fans. Uh, so, I mean, I mm-hmm. guess uh, you know a certain amount of uh, of this we've we've built up an immunity to. But uh, even even considering all of that, this game, considering what was on the line for both teams, um, was just bonkers. I mean, just up and down all over the place. Uh, uh, real quick, I, I, and I'm sorry, I, I hate the downshift from this because we got into it. But before we get into all that, I do also need to talk about, uh, I want to talk about injuries. And, and because we I want to kind of update where the Cowboys are currently so uh just because that's newsy stuff so they came out of the game uh zach martin was unable to finish the game it does feel like he is mostly okay for what it sounds like i mean it doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like he's gonna practice today today being wednesday uh we're recording this um i would not be surprised if he didn't practice till friday um, and I also would not be surprised if he didn't practice and then played, um, I, you know, and then I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play. So I, you know, the, the thing is, is that I, I, I think that this is a situation where the question is whether he plays to this week and probably not so much of a question beyond that, I would say, um, is that kind of what you're getting the feeling as well? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, um, yes. still no real news on David Irving. Uh, unless unless you've no, got something, it, I, I, nope, I don't I, got anything. I've only heard a rumor that he's a superhero fighting crime, and that's why he's. No, I, I don't know that that's. I haven't <laughs> heard that one. I don't know if it's true. Um, uh, and then Tavon Austin, it sounds like you know is on his way back. He may even get into practice this week. Uh, I I don't Ooh. know if it's going to be this week that he comes back, uh, but I, I think it's definitely looking good for either next week or the following week and definitely uh if, you know having him for the, available playoffs. for the playoffs which is great. So um any other injury stuff that we needed to bring up? Um Not that Yeah, I okay. Let's let's so let's get into this. Uh and actually it kind of does transition to uh what I want to talk about first. Uh, let's start at the offensive line and I think I, I want to start with the guards because uh in a <laughs> kind of a weird headline. I mean, first of all, mm-hmm. uh after reviewing this tape, you know, after watching the game, you knew that it was going to be kind of crazy tape to, to watch, right? Like, I mean, yeah. just it it felt like it was a tale of two cities back and forth three different times on how this team was playing, on uh, you know, whether the offense was playing well or whether the defense was playing well. Um, uh, it's become clear uh, watching the, the, the 22 tape that, you know, Xavier Suofilo is as much of this roller coaster as anything, you know, like there's moments where he's blocking Fletcher Cox by himself and doing a, a, just a great job. And there are moments when he is being thrown aside and just like completely embarrassing himself, bending over at the waist and, you know, falling down, Mm. being knocked over, uh, serious balance issues. issues. And, 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 And I, I, you tell me, but from what it looks like to me, it's a footwork problem. Like, I mean, yes, I okay, good. Cause that. I, that's what I see too, is that his feet are just, it's a, you know, as he gets tired, I think his, he gets his feet mm-hmm. start to be in a little bit more cement. Uh, yeah. And it, it just exacerbates. Yeah. All and then, and then he gets a bad has. base, you know, he starts, he starts, you know, widening his base a little bit and that makes him even less agile. 
causes him to yeah, and that's that's and yes, exactly. That and so when he starts getting a bad base, that's when he starts stopping his feet and then bending at the waist and trying to reach towards guys. And so by the end of the game, it felt like anytime Fletcher Cox was on him, uh, he was getting good swim moves on him. He was getting you know any kind of quick move that could get his hand around on Xavier Suofilo's back and push him, you know, forward to, to get around him. He was trying to use and, and, and it was it was, you know, effective at times. Um I and then I think, you know, with Zach Martin getting injured, uh you, we got Connor Williams in the game and I thought Connor Williams for the most part played really well. Uh, especially in yeah, run blocking. Yeah, especially in run blocking. Um I, I think that uh you know, he's probably still you know the issues with strength and him are are about him. You know, trying to sit on on power guys when they're yeah, when they're exactly. trying to bull rush him. Like they, bull rushers that could go right down the middle on him. Like if you if they're powerful enough, if if they're Fletcher Cox, they can do it every time almost. You know, so um, yeah, really, it's about him finding the right technique to mitigate that as best as he can right now. And then in the off season, he's going to need to get obviously stronger there. But his strength is not an issue when trying to move people or when trying to when oh, trying yeah. to get to a second level and take guys on. Um, so I'll even I'll even uh, uh, open it up a, a little bit more to the uh, the center position as well. Um, but but what were, what was your thoughts on the uh, on the three interior guys in the offensive line? I mean, just adding to what you said about Xavier Suofilo, I think the area where he really really struggles is his ability to sustain blocks at the second level. There was I counted I had it marked down on my sheet. I don't have it in front of with me. I think I got to five or six times where I thought that Zeke could have had a big gain if Suofilo yes. could have sustained better at yes. the second level. But he just didn't. There was way too many times where he was letting the Philadelphia linebackers attack him in the chest and then sprint to an edge. He wasn't latching. He wasn't sustaining. He didn't move his feet after engaging with them at the point of attack. So they would easily be able to disengage and, you know, dart away and make a tackle. He just – I really thought that the offensive line did a lot better than the uh, than the stats may portray. I thought the running game was looking really good, but – just Xavier Suofilo's inability to do really anything at the second second level really robbed Ezekiel Elliott of giving of having the big day on the ground that I really feel he should have had. And then on the other side, I thought that Zach Martin I thought it was another he played well, but I thought he struggled more than you typically see yeah, from him in pass yeah, protection. Definitely. I think on that first drive he was beaten twice. He had he had real um, problems by, all throughout the game, and, yeah. and it was if that mm. knee that knee had to have been. Close to exactly, giving out before yeah. it did. You never see you never see Zach Martin secede ground at the point of attack, even when he's going against Fletcher Cox, and that happened on three or four occasions against the Eagles, even before he got hurt the second time. And then, like you said, yeah, when Connor Williams get in, he had some issues in pass protection, especially opposite of Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox really had his way with Connor Williams. But in the run game, Connor Williams really did work. There was one play in overtime where him and uh, Lyle Collins performed a combination block on Fletcher Cox, and they Zach or Connor Martin, a uh, Connor Martin, Connor Williams put his right arm into Fletcher Cox's chest, and that bowed Fletcher Cox back, giving uh, Collins the time to overtake on the combination block, and then he drove Fletcher yep. Cox eight yards down the field. Eight. eight. Have you ever heard of that first? For Fletcher Cox, I've never seen that with my own eyes. I've never seen a gif of somebody posting something like that happen on Twitter. It was really, 
really incredible to see. Obviously, I think Fletcher Cox was a little bit winded at that time, so that aided Lyle Collins's ability. But that's what happens when you know you you hold you have you control the time of possession as much as the Cowboys offensive line or Cowboys offense did. The offensive line starts to wear on the defensive line. You see them being able to displace defenders out of their gap, which is what I think you saw in overtime. Yeah, I think I mean they end up something with ninety plays or something plus like, on offense. Mm-hmm. Ninety nine. Jeez, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, and to kind of go back to the overall topic, you know, the 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 thing I I, I point to now is when. Not only did I think Connor Williams avail himself when he came in, I think he was playing better than Zach Martin was playing when Zach Martin left, to be honest. And that's mm-hmm. and that's something where I, I bring this up moving forward, what what is this gonna look like? You know, I mean how much I think at some point, especially with an MCL, the only thing that's gonna make it any better is rest. So yep. I, I think of of anybody that's on this team that might be getting a situation where um, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a a sit down, you know, for the last few games, or once the Cowboys get a a, a you know secure a spot, I I would severely, if you feel comfortable with what Connor Williams is providing you, uh, I would I would really think about uh, a sitting Zach Martin down for maybe a couple weeks if you can, because I think that's the only way that you're going to get. Uh, anything productive out of Connor, uh, out of uh, Zach Martin in in the playoffs, and then when it's time, you move Xavier back to left left guard, and I mean move uh, Connor back to left guard, because I I feel like at this point after watching all that, it, it it feels like you know Connor Williams was probably the best guard of the three that played at times, you know, and and that might be mm-hmm. a little bit of the matchup and him coming in later in the game and all that, but but still I I think that. Uh, they have to figure something out with the guard spot because it was mm-hmm. it was causing problems at, at times. Yeah, I think I think Dallas should really uh, think about sitting Zach Martin down for even the last two, like the last three games, if necessary. If the Cowboys sit him and the Cowboys still figure out a way to win and clinch a playoff spot, I really don't see any reason for Zach Martin to play another snap in the regular season if that's the case. You know, it's tough. This last thing I'll say is that the problem is that they play Indianapolis this week, right? And he's from Indianapolis or he's from Indiana. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a certain amount of, you know, oh, I got all these people from home who got tickets and all that. So I don't know. I, I think, you know, we'll see. But I definitely agree that I think they need to find some time to sit him down because otherwise they're just going to get diminishing returns on one of their best players on the team. Yeah. So. All right, let's, uh, moving on. Uh, offensive line still uh, on the mind. We Let's talk about Tyron. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it felt very clear to me that he was still kind of working his way back into uh, – not into shape necessarily, but like I think you know he struggled with things that I feel like probably need more practice. Like you know, like yeah. he struggled. It felt like specifically with hitting targets outside when he was trying to get mm-hmm. outside. Like you know, just knowing the angles to to cut the guy off to not allow him to get around. They, I think there was two different times they try to run that kind of sweep where he pulls out and it's usually so dominant and he wasn't able to get the block. You know, yeah. so. Um, I, I think that that's again that's likely because he probably hasn't done it in three weeks, and you know he's doing it against mm-hmm. you know cornerback, and it's not an easy thing. But I thought suffered a couple bogus. Yeah, I mean too. you know look, I, I, this was a great point that I Marcus Mosier brought up, uh, and you know they had just 
written an article apparently in ESPN suggest, saying that uh, I guess there was a 40% uh, increase last week in offensive holding, and it was a mandate by the league to the officials to s- start mm-hmm. calling more offensive holding because I thought they felt like there wasn't enough being called. So apparently it wasn't just our game. It, there was an uptick, uh, uh, you know, all, all around. So uh, I think, uh, you know, one of the other things that uh, that felt like it was – just because of who he was facing, I think he was having struggles with his pass blocking at times. You know, I think that he has, and Brandon Graham is an incredible player. So I, I mm-hmm. think I'm not as concerned about his pass protection. I, you know, the holds, I, I told Marcus, I was like, one was legit, one was very questionable, and one was completely bogus as far as I, mm-hmm. as far as I saw. So uh, I'm not so concerned about him. Uh, but but I do think that he you know he needs to. Uh, ho- I'm hoping he practices a little bit more this week because I think he needs the work. Yeah. Um. Anything else on the offensive line or Tyron Smith specifically before we move on? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Lyle yeah. Collins. I thought he had one of his better games. He was a monster in the run game. There were so many times where I saw him opening up alleys, displacing defenders out of their uh, gaps. He especially on outside zone. It was the best outside zone blocking game for yeah. him that I've seen this season from him he was really good with his targeting he ran, he took the defensive linemen where they want to go he displaced them even more than they want to go he showed his strength he showed his fluid movement skills it was just a all around a really solid performance from what Lyle Collins and it's the type that we need from him going forward especially with all the other injuries to the offensive line yeah I, I think uh I think it was one of his better games and you saw him you know, down blocking on Collins. I mean, on a Fletcher Cox quite well, several mm-hmm. different times. Uh, so yeah, thank you for including it. Cause uh, we, we need to make sure we point out the good stuff as well. Um, let's talk about uh, Zeke. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think there was some runs in this game where he, uh, he is just such a, a good outside zone runner like the way that he Mm -hmm. is able to kind of weave in and out of the hole uh as it's you know misshaped and get through with Mm -hmm. speed is just so impressive um you know i i felt like there were a couple different times when maybe he didn't have the right read i felt like there was a run down um in in the end zone specifically that i felt like he could have been back near the red zone that he could have been back um and there were a couple different times when i felt like he it's he was initiating contact as opposed to trying to get away from you know contact and get yards, mm-hmm. uh, but that's you know that's part of who he is, um, yeah. and so uh, but overall I thought his vision was fantastic. His ability, his vision combined with his start stop ability, really was amazing when you were watching him trying to you know kind of his weave burst through that. Was yeah, it was incredible. Opening. Like I mean, just his ability to like see and then actually get through some of those holes, uh, you know, as they're moving is just so impressive so uh what were your thoughts on zeke as a as a runner and as a receiver i mean he, he, even as a receiver he had a, a very a good day i think he had a six, yeah, 12 catches yeah, 60 yards something like that yeah so 79, 79 sorry, yards, sorry, yeah. sorry so yeah i think uh still close to a 200 yard day uh total yards day uh but uh it, it, the numbers weren't quite what they could have been at uh you know i guess at times especially for considering how dominant the offense was 
Uh, but I thought his performance was was still extremely extremely good. Yeah, you know, another thing that he does well to add on to what you're saying is he manipulates defenders yeah. so well to make his his to make the blocks easier for his offensive linemen. I mean, there were a couple of cases where he was slaloming through the line, and his movement allowed Lyle Collins or Zach Martin to overtake their uh their defender on their block because they were kind of you know peeking in one side coming to the other side and then zeke would go to the to the spot where they were peeking in and then they were already out leveraged by the offensive lineman by that time you know zeke not only is he good at getting those dirty yards with the vision and everything we say he also makes the job easier on on his offensive lineman he makes he makes them look better than they are on multiple occasions i think there was there was one Another thing that I actually wanted to talk about from a scheme standpoint, I really liked how the Cowboys were. Yes, yes. I just wanted to bring it up too. Wow, that the Cowboys were using a lot of trap blocks and they were really taking advantage of the Philadelphia's aggressive uh, defensive line. That's a thing that you actually see the Eagles offense use a lot. I wonder if they kind of stole it from them watching them on film thinking that it would be good to use against their own defensive line. Well, there were a couple different examples. The Cowboys using specifically Eagles this, you know, stuff that to use against them. I mean, I think the fourth, the, mm-hmm. doing the fourth and one or the third the one speed, speed option, speed option that was so disrespectful. <laughs> like I was just so proud of my team when they did that. That was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that and, and uh, yeah, the trap box, I thought you know, came at very key times and, and it really, I thought it was very well schemed when you, when you think about, look, we, we got a really difficult defensive line, especially interior that's excellent at penetrating. Fletcher Cox is hard to stop. So what what do you do? You use that against him. You let him get a little upfield. You hit him with a trap block inside so he can't reach in and grab the running back as he goes by, and then you basically eliminate him from the play. And, um, yeah, I, I thought that that was – I'm glad that you were going to bring that up too because I that, that was something I wanted to bring up. I thought that they ran that very well. Uh, and, and you also got a whole bunch of uh, really good – you know, some, some really good f- fullback and tight end blocks in, in some of those as well. They were working – as a as a unit, very very well together, and I I think that's something that's been uh, a nice inclusion in the offense. Um, anything more on Zeke? Uh, I, that 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 play where he got the first down and he uh, you know, got the penalty on him. I didn't love that. <laughs> I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 this is exactly the kind of thing that I I thought I was talking about before the season that I was concerned about with. Um. Yeah, with uh, with this penalty in general is that you know, and yeah. then the, we were all assured, no, it's not going to happen with this kind of thing. Blah blah blah. Like this is ridiculous, man. Like yeah. that is that is such a BS call. And and again, we we should we can't really talk about this game without talking about just how terrible the the refereeing was in general. I you know, I think the Eagles fans have have a right to be pissed off about some stuff. And I think the Cowboys fans have a right to be pissed yeah. off about some stuff because there was a lot of BS on both sides. I mean, I think yeah, they were terrible. Both yeah. Ways. And I, I ultimately, I do feel like it probably evened out, honestly, but I mean, it, I mean, even though the Cowboys actually probably had, I think had more penalties than the Eagles. So, um, but I think that, yeah, the, 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 the referee, the referees in this were terrible and uh, they took away another one of Zeke's really great uh, 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 plays uh, on that dump off. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else on Zeke before we talk about the Dak coaster? <laughs> no, sir. Um, you know, I, I think when you when we're in the middle of the game, uh, 
ever it, it, it was it just felt like su- Dak was having such a terrible game. And and I mean he was. I mean three turnovers and you know like I mean yeah. it, it 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 just felt like he was just having uh it, it wasn't his day. It wasn't going to happen for him. Mm-hmm. Um I I think it was I think it was David Hellman maybe who had brought up the the was it the 2016 Eagles game where Dak had had a horrible first half and then came back and um and uh you know had a fantastic second half and and specifically fourth quarter to to kind of right the ship and win it I could not have anticipated like this level of turnaround uh, his play in the fourth quarter was just fantastic and mm-hmm. um you know i i think that there his mistakes that he made and the turnovers and that sort of thing like you know you know one of them is an interception where a backside zone defender you know comes off his comes off his read he just didn't bite on the scheme that on, on the, shorts, yeah on the yeah. scheme that the, the offense was trying to get him to bite on and so he came back off the off the zone and then made a great athletic play uh, you know i mean mm-hmm. dak does dak need to throw that ball a little bit further up the field and a little bit further out back yeah yeah probably maybe. but but at the same time like he didn't expect yeah i think that, that if if he wasn't there, that would have been a perfect throw. Exactly, and so I I think for me it's like on that I, I I yeah I mean it's obviously he's involved and and he's involved, but that to me I view more of a great play by Rasul Douglas than a dumb play by Dak. You know, um, yeah, needs to throw the ball a little bit further upfield because of that that guys like that making that play. So, but yeah, I, otherwise I think the 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 second interception uh, is of technique thing he has got to figure out why you know what is going on that he's fl- so you know soaring these balls it didn't even necessarily look like the technique was bad you know it just looked like it came out of his hand high you know like yeah. i don't really i mean and cooper was wide open and i mean uh, uh gallup was wide open and it mm-hmm. just looked like it's no like throw. it slipped out of his hand before he was ready to bring it down a little bit, you know? So, uh, and then the sack fumble, it's like, you know, he's, he's got to, he's got to keep the ball up closer to his chest when he's moving into the pocket, yeah. you know? And, and, and geez, I feel like I remember somebody else having that problem at one point. Uh, I can't remember who is, who he was, <laughs> but be? I mean, no, seriously, I definitely, Tony specifically had this problem, mm-hmm. like, and, and, and had yep. to learn how to, carry the ball up move because he does the same things you know where he's he's making a move sudden moves in the pocket and there's bodies all around Mm -hmm. him and and those guys may not even be reaching for the ball they're just reaching and you're you're running you know with the ball away from your your chest you don't have any more than one one or two points of pressure on the ball it's going to come out if it gets hit so but outside of those things i mean his completion percentage uh, you know, he co- was completing a bunch of passes thanks to some great receptions as well. Uh, it it wasn't perfect, but for all the things that you know everyone says about Dak and about his accuracy and 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 all those things are true. Like what he does at the end of the game, like it, you can't teach that stuff. You know, it's like and and I think that um, I I just think that he's still a work in progress 
but I think he's the kind of guy that you can win games with because he will just find a way to win the game. Like, and, yeah. and I don't really know how you quantify that, but I, I think the, the way you quantify it immediately is you point to the fact that his first three quarters were atrocious and his fourth quarter was borderline Hall of Fame-like. <laughs> you know? So uh, what are your thoughts on, on Dak and his game? Um, for me, the biggest thing that I thought that was beneficial for Prescott last week was it was the second straight week that he showed that he can beat the blitz, really. He was blitzed seven times on dropbacks, according to uh, Pro Football Focus's numbers, and he was 6-7 of seven for 78 yards and a touchdown, 11 yards per attempt, 152.7 pass rating. So that's a second straight week where Dak Prescott has really made defenses uh, pay for blitzing him. And that's going to really pay off down the stretch and into the playoffs. I think if Prescott can continue to beat the Blitz as frequently as he has been in the last couple weeks, the Cowboys' offensive passing attack is just going to be just fine. On mute. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's get into uh, let's get into uh, the wide receivers and the tight ends, and uh, we'll 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 get going uh, uh, on the rest of this. Um, I mean, let, let, yeah, let, let's just quickly let's let's just quickly get past Amari Cooper. I don't know. Did that guy have? Did that guy have <laughs> I can't remember. Um, Amari Cooper leads all wide receivers in in receiving yards since he's been traded to the Cowboys. I read that somewhere. That's it. Um, Maybe you read it at. Well, just from my article. Yes. Oh, oh, that's right. Monday. That's probably where I did see it. Thank you so so much for letting me properly. Uh, uh, plug your article, which I I just stole information and tried to use uh, on this podcast. So <laughs> I guess it, it's all good since you're on here to, to correct me. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, he's it's been a godsend. What what he's done to oh, the offense, the passing offense is is shocking. I mean, again, in the same way that we've run out of hyperbole with to talk about these linebackers, mm-hmm. I, I run out of hyperbole to talk about how good this trade has ended up. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, Bob Sturm said it, but it might be time to start thinking about is this the best in season trade in the history of the NFL? In I, I, I mean, uh, what when he said that, I, I honestly try to do an evaluation of trying to remember all the other ones. I can't, I, I don't know that I can think of one that's that's anywhere, uh, not that close, same you know? season it was made, yeah, not like that, um, not like this. Yeah, I, I, it's gonna it's it's fascinating that. Uh, I mean, this is the second game where he basically put the Cowboys' offensive line or not offensive line offense on his back and and led the Cowboys to victory. Yeah. I mean, he did the same thing against Washington. You know, I, both in division games. I, yeah, I, I, I. When was the last time the Cowboys had a wide receiver like this? I mean, I I love Des Bryant and, and Des Bryant was a touchdown scoring machine. Totally different, but kind of he, guy. he didn't produce like this. De- I don't know. No. I don't know that Des ever produced like this. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as like, maybe not. Obviously, more than touchdowns. Des obviously produced this level of touchdowns, but and more. But as far as like consistently like converting third downs and moving the chains and yard ch- taking up chunks of yards and uh, I mean, the Cowboys mm-hmm. have not had a wide receiver like this in a very long time, and you know, maybe ever. Yeah, like uh, you know, what I'm saying like as far as like I mean, think about Michael Irvin and 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 you know even the great wide receivers the Cowboys. T.O. T.O. is actually probably as far as a guy who 
can reliably produce game in and game out and, you know, also score touchdowns like yeah, it gets a variety yeah, of Yeah, it gets and can beat several different types of things, you know, like I, I think he, you know, Tio was yeah, uh, you know, I think it's interesting. He's it, Cooper is just a, a a crazy blend of physical ability with skill. And uh mm-hmm. so I think uh we're starting to get the fruits of that trade quite <laughs> quite quickly and quite, you know, thoroughly. Um it's just been a joy to watch the the uh the 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 game winner, the deflection touchdown was just it, it, I my whole life flashed before my eyes like, you know, all at once. Uh, like for 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 ten seconds, and, and it was only a moment that it happened. It was just it, it was crazy how how long that time uh, that that length of time expanded out into infinite time. Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, Amari Cooper's performance and and uh, what you're willing to sacrifice to him in order to not make the gods angry. <laughs> um, I'm willing to sacrifice everything, everything, everything. But no, um, Amari Cooper. We've talked a lot about you know we've praised him every week that he's been here about his route running ability, his catching ability, how he gets open on third downs, all of that. But what against the Eagles that really impressed me was his ability to get open late on both of his long touchdowns. um, He showed the ability to win late in the route, you know, after the ball is already in the air, he did a fantastic job of clearing contact, using those little veteran push-offs, those little veteran shoves to get that last little bit of separation that you need to make a clean catch and generate some yak opportunity after it. And he did exactly that, you know, just showing even more why he's the perfect uh, weapon for this offense and why he's a godsend, really, for this team as a whole. All right, and then one more thing before we go with uh... – we I wanted to talk about tight ends. Uh, I I think that the tight ends obviously both of the uh, Jarwin and Schultz had pretty good game. Uh, Schultz, mm-hmm. Jarwin specifically having converting all seven of his targets, seven catches. Um, so I I think you know this was kind of what I and others were seeing a little bit of in training camp. You know mm-hmm. this that when Jarwin was confident and not going against full speed NFL defenders like that they were feeding him the ball a lot and he was able to convert a lot of these uh, targets to catches. Um, if we start seeing that more and more, Jarwin could be quite a, a, a useful target. I mean, clearly like he is a big guy, easy to get the ball to uh, who's got some athleticism. And then Schultz, I think is really kind of slowly developing into that great two way tight end, you know, or at least a very solid two way tight end, you know, understands what he needs to do got had some really good blocks at different times uh, and on a variety of different methods you know whether it was trap blocking or or pass blocking against Michael Bennett at one point run blocks um he he was you know good body positioning and uh, using his technique correctly and then I, I was really impressed specifically with the hot read catch that he had for Dak uh, I've yes. mentioned that a couple different spots but seeing that recognizing from formation that he's the hot read making himself available uh, in a situation that Dak was in trouble uh, and knew that he was going to be in trouble uh, and then converting that into a first down. You know, Dak gets all the stats there because they talk about quarterbacks versus the blitz, but that's a, that's a whole system uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, that works together to make, the, make that happen, and he was a big cog in recognizing what was happening and then adjusting correctly. So anything on the tight ends before we uh, talk about some MCU stuff? Yeah, I thought it was impressive. Blake Jarwin, how – 
who would have guessed that he would have the best uh, the best statistical game from a Cowboys tight end thus far this season? Seven catches, fifty six yards. That's the best that the Cowboys have had. I think the best that Jar- that Jeff Swaim had this year was like three for fifty five. Yeah. So really impressive to see Blake Jarwin used that frequently and to be as reliable as he was in those seven targets. It was really fantastic. To that, see. It really was. And as a guy that saw a lot of that in training camp, I was hoping eventually this would show up. Yes. Yes. I was thinking every catch, I was just like, I can't imagine how happy. Landon oh, I was just like, at least I'm not crazy. At least I'm not crazy. Okay. Uh, let's, let's uh, move on quickly and do some nerd alert. All right, um, we got three items, um, and really just two because the Spider-Man news is kind of just very minimal. But we got a Captain Marvel second trailer, and we got an Avengers trailer. So let's start with Captain Marvel. Uh, I don't know that it was anything, uh, you know, groundbreaking as far as discovering what. Yeah. By the way, spoilers for all this. So guys, if if you don't want to, if you want to go in cold on all this, uh, and if you don't want to know anything about Spider-Man or whatever, like please just. Uh, just turn me off, and uh, we'll we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like I don't know that we learned anything new with Captain Marvel. It just felt it feels like it's confirming that this is going to be sort of, uh, you know, kind of like a a RoboCop storyline, you know, where yeah. she's clearly been manipulated with and thinks that. I mean, clearly, you know, just that whole way that she said we're a race of super you know, superhuman yeah. heroes. Like it was just yeah. like over too confident heroes. Don't usually talk mm. that confidently. And so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, th- there's definitely going to be some shenanigans going on with the Kree manipulating her in order to get what they want out of her. So, um, but I, I want to see her go I binary. Mean, that, the I the last five, the last little few years. minutes like of that with her just going through ships and destroying everything. <laughs> was so awesome yeah and it was just so sick so uh uh, yeah the suit looks great it she looks awesome when she gets lit up that's exactly what everyone was hoping to see that knows from the comics i mean just uh she has a mohawk uh the way the the helmet comes down away from from her mohawk is awesome um uh i mean Interesting that it looks like she's going to get captured by the scroll. Yeah, that's that was that was crazy that they pulled back and that that was a scroll that had you know I, I'm thinking it goes something like this right she's with the Kree fighting mm-hmm. you know that they already have done all this stuff to her kidnapped her you know erase her memory blah 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 scrolls kidnap her try to like extract information from her the act of extracting information from her triggers memories or something. And she escapes and crash lands on Earth. Ooh. That's what I'm thinking. After, after that, you know, that's why she's alone from the Kree and from, she's being chased by Skrull. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think, that's I think that's probably. And so once she gets on Earth, she realizes, you know, hey, I, I have. She started remembering that things were from Earth, and and then she meets Nick Fury, who I'm assuming will recognize her. Anyways. Uh, so that's that's the Captain Marvel trailer. Super exciting. I, 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 I'm a big Captain Marvel fan, so I can't wait for that. Um, mm-hmm. 
the Avengers trailer. It, it, Endgame. Endgame. So the, obviously we have a title now. Uh, I love the title. I, I, you know, I was one of the people that also thought that it was going to be Annihilation, but Endgame is fantastic considering you know how much they said Endgame and they set up you know with mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and with Tony talking about it in Ultron as well. Um, uh, very different kind of trailer, right? Like it, it yeah. was. It was interesting how like it was. It, it's it it didn't reveal too much. It's more just kind of like a like an epilogue to the to the other yeah, movie post-snap. yeah you know it's like it's crazy so um what what stood out to you uh from that from this trailer specifically well i thought it was interesting the way they opened it up with uh with tony stark talking to talking into his helmet recording a message for yeah. pepper Potts. i'm gonna find it's gonna be interesting to see how he macgyvers his way out of that or if Captain Marvel comes and saves him in deep space or whatever, I'm interested to see how he's going to get himself out of that. Because as he was talking, I think he said he's like four days without and water, food, too. Three days without yeah. water. And, and, and They're running out of oxygen. Uh, air in the next next day. And then I think Neb- Nebula's still there. I, right? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Nebula's on the ship with him. Like yeah. Because they have shots of her in the ship. Uh, and then putting her hand on somebody's shoulder, which I'm assuming is Tony's. Uh, you know, I, 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 someone brought up a good point that she may not be in as much immediate th- danger as, as Tony because mm-hmm. she's, you know, kind of ro- part robot. So or mostly robot, frankly. Um, I wonder if those things are ripe yet. With those ripe. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the roots or whatever. Yeah, I, I've, yeah. It's been several years, <laughs> so I'm assuming that they're probably rotten at this point. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that you know it was a lot of it was very you know heavy and dark for for it being a summer movie trailer oh, essentially yeah. you know and and um I think the stuff with Captain they kind of just recapping that everyone's gone it's missing and no one really knows what's going on they don't really reveal too much like how long it's been or uh, yeah. what the timeline is um I, I I do love the end though. I love the the little comic relief slash you know hope the little Ant morsel Man, of yeah. hope they give you with Ant Man showing up. Now, I, how did he get out? Well, here's the other interesting thing. Did you notice? Okay, so the way they word that, and I know we got to go, but the way they word that is uh is this uh is this a uh, from the archive or this from the is this yeah. from the a recording or something? And mm-hmm. and and then. Uh, Black Widow says uh, it's the front door, but she never she doesn't ever say that it it wasn't a recording of the front door. Yeah. And if you go back and freeze the when he's watching, like when he's waving his arms in the top left hand corner, it says archive. Uh, so I'm wondering if like if Ant Man like just you know because he was in the quantum realm. I wonder if he like sw- slipped into a time vortex which is one of the things they they warned yeah. him about in ant-man and like is this is actually f- w- like way back in the past because wow. he was like that would be yeah because he was like too far in the past and yeah because he jumped yeah because the other thing if you remember too is that this was a stark facility before it was mm-hmm. Avengers. so it, they probably have the footage from way back so that's so, true yeah and that's my little thought there and uh, honestly we don't really have time for spider-man uh, and there's not much to tell, but it does. I will just give some highlight points. It does seem like a, they are in Europe. B, uh, uh, Peter is working for uh, Nick. Nick is Fury. Mysterio a good guy? And it sounds like C, Mysterio is 
working. I don't think he's a good guy, but I think he's yeah. working with Shield to try and stop a, uh, a series of cr- elemental creatures, as they're called. Which, spoiler alert, I'm gonna guess he's actually creating elemental. Uh, so yeah, I, I that's what that's it sounds really cool and exciting and different. And he's gonna have a whole bunch of different suits and stuff, so it should be a lot of fun. So, um, anything else before we go? No, sir. All right, guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at McCoolBCB. John is at John Owning. And follow the, uh, the podcast account at Best Coast Boys with a Z at the end. Special thanks, as always, to Mike Fisher. Uh, follow him at Fish Sports. Uh, catch us on Cowboys 247. That's 247sports.com forward slash NFL forward slash Dallas dash Cowboys. Uh, and you can always hear us on the Cowboy Sports Radio app, which is available on your iOS, iPhone, and Google Play Android. Make sure you rate and review. Give us five stars. John is still you know, sharpening his, his claws if he has to come out and claw your eyes out because that's that's how he fights. I don't know if I've, we mentioned that before. Uh, and until tomorrow, we talk about some defense, talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. Happy trails, everybody. Deep, man.